0: Welcome to the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga, joined as always by our Tribe beat writer, Paul Hoynes. Paul, uh, the off season is is upon us for the Indians, but the uh, the postseason is still going on, and and somehow the Indians still manage to be in the news here with uh, with this, the the latest developments in in the uh, during the postseason. What's uh, what's what are you hearing? What's going on?
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, Joe, we're you know the the Indians, you know. <laughs> unquestionably we're we're the poorer team in the ALDS against uh uh Houston. But now we find out that Houston, you know, may have uh been uh you know working behind the scenes to get an advantage and even bigger advantage than they already had on the field, big you know, the reports of uh of uh team employees or team or employees or you know people affiliated with with uh, the Astros uh you know, having cell phone cameras by the Indians dugout during game three, the only, you know, the only home game they had, you know, you know uh, taking videotape of inside the Indians dugout. Um, they got chased away by security. They tried to come back again. They got chased away again. And, uh, you know, the next day after the Indians were eliminated on October 8th, they, uh, Boston had already heard about it and called the Indians. The Indians uh, told them what they knew. And lo and behold, on uh, Saturday, last Saturday, Game 1 of the ALCS at Fenway, uh, a a similar incident happened when, uh, you know, a a a guy affiliated with the uh, Astros was down near the uh, Boston dugout, you know, with with a small camera, you know, filming inside or, you know, shooting video inside the dugout.
0: And it wasn't just the fact that he was shooting video. He was also – uh, "Quote unquote," texting furiously, and uh, you know all, all sorts of other uh, shady sort of activity. Uh, you know, let's let let's th- put it out there because the name is already out there. The employee or the the affiliated person is Kyle McLaughlin, which is kind of funny because he's the same name as the actor from Twin Peaks, uh, Kyle McLaughlin. So, so people have been throwing up memes of this guy from Twin Peaks on there uh, since then. Uh, he's a, a a younger looking guy uh, who is associated with the, the Houston owner i guess he's he's been on his private jet and he's he he either works for or is affiliated with the, the Houston owner in one way or another uh so his name is already out there uh by this uh by, uh by several reports um and he was chased out of uh like you said the Indians photo pit uh where our our, our buddy andre not uh works during Uh, The regular season, he's that's sort of his perch for when he works for STO, and I I just found it funny that you know Andre, you know, knew something was coming down the pike because he tweeted earlier in the day yesterday that news was coming out of Boston. So I think he might have uh, a little more to uh, to say about this at some point. Um, But catching this guy sort of in the act, we've we've seen photos of him literally standing on a on a perch and shooting cell phone video into the Indians dugout uh Hoinze, what do you think he's he's after what do you think the, uh, the the end is there when when an an employer of an opposing team is you know got a camera trained on your bench area your dugout
1: yeah you know joe i think from his vantage point i don't think i don't see how you could how oh, he could get much information. I really don't. I mean, he's sixty feet away. You know, the, the manager and the bench coach and his coaches are down at the far end of the uh, the dugout from where he's situated. I think it's a mind game. I think, uh, you know, the, the the Indians were already paranoid about the Astros. You know, reputation for stealing signs. They were, they really concentrated on it in the uh, you know in the build up to the to the ALDS. I think just this is just kinda you know, throws a like a smoke grenade into the dugout and you know, the haze of war, so to speak, and the <laughs> fog of war, you know, like to I think it, it mixes it up because what what is he really gonna do? You know, I've heard I've read some stories where he said he was in there to taking a, you know, video of the Indians dugout to make sure they weren't cheating on the Astros. <laughs> so, you know, it just goes round and round. But I really think that's a that's a a confusion component right there. I don't think this guy had any, I don't, I don't see what he could hope to uncover that way.
0: Uh, You're, you're right. Uh, You know, Francona and Brad Mills and and sort of the brain trust are down at the other end of the dugout over by, by Tito's little stool. That's where he, uh, he hangs out throughout most of the game. He doesn't really venture towards the, the photo pit area that, that end of the dugout or to, uh, you know, other than maybe hearing some, some conversations yeah. and, and unless uh, Kyle McLaughlin didn't strike me as uh, a guy who might be uh, fluent in, in Spanish, he, maybe he is, but uh, from the photo that I saw of the guy and this that is a really bad rush to judgment, but, <laughs> but I, you know, I, I can't imagine Kyle McLaughlin, uh, you know, being able to definitely can't, I, he definitely can't decipher Jose Ramirez. That, <laughs> that, that's one thing I know for sure.
1: Yeah and I mean was you know maybe is if the, if there was a player hurt I could see that you know is he's coming back in the game you know if a guy you know pulled a hammy you know at the end of the inning and he was limping off the field but I mean I mean you're going to find that out the Astros are going to find that out in at the t- the next inning so right. I, I don't know I don't know what advantage it is you know I was thinking about this I've been going through it in my mind you know how Tito you know slaps all that information up Paste, it tapes mm-hmm. all this information up uh, on the uh, – uh, you know, there's a wall. By there's, the a glass, there's a
0: glass yeah. divider between the dugout and the dugout suites.
1: And, I mean, could you get a close-up of that? Is that really going to help you? I, I don't know. I, you know but that's a, you're still a long way away. I mean, right. so, uh, you know, I think – but I do think, um, you know, the, the Astros are very good at this. I think they've had a reputation of this at Boston as well you know, they've been going back and forth with this, Uh, you know, from what I've read, uh, you know, Oakland filed a similar complaint against the Astros, and who knows what, what happened in the first two games at Minute Maid Park, because I don't think the Indians were aware of this guy then, you know, but maybe, maybe they, they felt more, you know, I don't don't know, so, you know, was the guy down there then? I'm not sure, but, uh, you know, I, I do think, you know, sign stealing has, you know, been a part of baseball forever. I do think it's become much more sophisticated. I think the Indians worked hard to, uh, you know, change their signs, hide their signs. You know, the, the Astros supposedly, you know, train cameras on, on the bench coach and the manager, the catcher to pick up anything they, want, they can. And, um, you know, and I do think it, maybe it got in the way you know it may it may have distracted them to a to a certain degree and you also you know got to get ahead of Verlander uh, Cole and uh and Keiko.
0: right uh, to me it whatever information whatever little bits might not be you know might not translate to 11 to 3 i mean that's still something that's uh sort of a once you get to a point in a close game and things get out of hand i don't think uh you know any sort of espionage is going to equate to an, an eight run game. I, I, that to me is a little far fetched, but uh, like you said, training the cameras, if, if you're thinking about being on the cam- being on camera or somebody watching or stealing, stealing your signs, then you're not focusing on getting the batter out. You're not focusing on, you know, making your pitches, or if you're in the box, you're not focusing on what's being thrown at you and what's coming next. You're, you're thinking about all this other stuff and and being unable to block any of that out, you know, leads to a three game sweep.
1: Yeah. I I think, yeah, I think that plays a part in it. And obviously like you and me were saying, I mean, Houston was a better team. I I don't think you can blame this on uh, getting your sign stolen or, or, but you know, it plays, it plays a factor. And I think like you were saying, Joe, you know, what were some of the comments you heard after the series from, from these guys from the Indians players?
0: Well, yeah, like they said, uh, you know, we were overmatched. It was we were out scouted before the before the series began uh from from Clevenger, Uh and and you know, Jason Kipnis comes out and says these things, uh, you know, outmatched, out coached, outplayed. Though, was the the quote from Kipnis. And, you know, Tito said in his his exit interview or with us, he 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 said he had a conversation about that with Kipnis, but he didn't seem as as fired up about it as maybe you know a coach who had ostensibly been thrown under the bus by a, by a player there but maybe he understood that the place where cryptness was coming from was more hey this was over before it began because they had a technological or you know some sort of advantage over us
1: uh going in there yeah uh, i think what you know the, the quote that kind of stands out to me is is what clevenger said he said our backs were against the wall you know
0: because
1: from the of, yeah from from because of the analytical standpoint And I think if you maybe I think what he was trying to say and didn't want to say was you know this we 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 knew they were they were kind of you know hon- honing in on us you know so right. I, so I don't know if that was a disadvantage he certainly pitched well but well know, and, and then you get to uh and then
0: and then we come to our favorite Trevor Bauer who has has been on sort of a a Twitter campaign over the last 48 hours, uh, saying as much as he possibly can without coming out and saying, look, we knew these guys were cheating. You can just tell that he's dying to say something. Uh, Bauer is going to be part of the game four, uh, studio broadcast, uh, on Major League Baseball Network. So, uh, we're going to monitor that, monitor that closely because they're obviously going to ask him about, you know, his thoughts on it. And, and Trevor Bauer versus the Houston Astros has a a long and rich history of uh, you know accusations and insinuations uh, dealing with pine tar and sticky substances and uh, spin rates and and all that. So uh, this this is only going to get uh, more interesting and more sort of convoluted as as the the next twenty four to forty eight hours goes on.
1: Yeah and you know I, what 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 will Major League Baseball do? I I, I don't know. I I don't think uh, they'll they can do much. Maybe the Astros at at the end of all this get fined. Uh but I don't think uh, if if this thing is really found to be egregious, they, they you know, can they take a draft pick away? I guess the commissioner could get involved. But I mean, cheating has been going on in baseball for a long time. Yeah, you know? well, so yeah.
0: Uh, the old saying, if you're not cheating, you're not trying that, that yeah. sort of thing. That's sort of tongue in cheek, but it's, it's, it's the truth the the thing that's sort of most disturbing for me in all of this is the technology aspect of it is if you're, if I go into your ballpark and you've got cameras or microphones or whatever set up, and I have no idea about that, that's a tech, that's a technology advantage sort of thing. If I've got a guy stationed 60 feet away from my, from, from your manager and he is taking video whether it's on a cell phone or not you know that's using technology and that's that's something I, I can't see as being you know a, a level playing field that it's just inherently not going to be a level playing field uh, if, if you if you've got a guy who's good enough to sit in your dugout and look across the field and decipher what my coaches are saying' or doing or you know signaling Then more power to you. That's you, you hired the smartest guy out there, but if you've got a guy who's sitting in the dugout or sitting somewhere in the park and he's using a boom mic or a, a telescopic photo lens or something like that, I, that I've got a problem with because not everybody has those advantages or, or if you're going into a, an opposing, you know, ballpark, you have no idea where to look for that kind of stuff. And, and there's, there's an imbalance there and uh what you said what what what's baseball going to do well i tell you what they could do and what they what would scare the hell out of every other team in the league would be uh take away a draft pick uh, you know impose a big fine or you know take a big chunk of their international dra- uh free agent pool money that's uh yeah. it, it, you know that that could really hurt teams uh, especially teams that are are sort of adept at finding those, those international free agents that, you know, you could hurt them. You get them where it really hurts if you, uh, if you were so inclined, I don't think baseball is, is so inclined. I think this is sort of a, uh, <laughs> this is the, the mid to late nineties steroid era where things are going so good. Uh, you know, why, why screw up a good thing? Just look the other way and
1: and let things go. Yeah, you know when when Jacob when when Progressive Field was Jacob's Field and the Indians were on that great run in the '90s, you know teams hated to come in here, especially in the postseason, because they thought the Indians were were stealing signs, had a technological advantage. Mm-hmm. You know they 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 used to have a a camera in the bullpen in the visitors bullpen, and it was just to see who was warming up, but everybody would always throw a towel over it. You know, I know the the Red Sox were paranoid about coming in here. I remember once uh, Tomy hitting a home run in the postseason, and after after the game, the Red Sox said that just before you know he hit the home run, they heard a whistle, like some somebody was whistling from uh, from the Indians' dugout, that uh, they they knew a fastball was coming, and they had you know they had and that tipped uh, Tomy off and. You know they were always measuring the mound before the postseason started. You know the American League president was always out there with a tape measure and uh, <laughs> to see if they were. T- if there was all sorts of stuff. They made them turn cameras off in center field. So this has been going on for a long time.
0: Well, and, and the thing is, uh, you know, baseball. You talk about the the camera in the in the bullpen when uh, Progressive Field, Jacobs Field, first opened. Uh, every ballpark has that now. That's, that's common. So yeah, it's, you know, nobody's, nobody's sort of nervous about that anymore. I I could still see him putting a towel over it if you're, if you're really paranoid, but uh, you get into the whole, the history, the the Indians and the, and Boston really do have a a long history of sort of insinuating and accusing and cheating and all that kind of stuff. That goes back, you know, even beyond that uh, Albert Bell hits uh, the game tying home run and, Game one of the ALDS in 95, and was it was uh, Kevin, Kennedy, Kevin had his, Kennedy had his yeah. bat
1: confiscated. Uh, and, and, yeah, they to, saw it, and they saw it in half, and it wasn't court. One of the few bats <laughs> Albert had that wasn't court. Oh, man. It, you
0: know, it, And the the sort of the espionage and intrigue and the sort of everybody knows everybody, it, it's also sort of playing a part in this current episode because Alex Cora was sitting on the bench with, A.J. Hinch in, in Houston this time last year so anything that A.J. Hinch is doing Alex Cora probably has a pretty good idea about it
1: yeah they they know each other pretty well and uh, I'm sure Cora has been on high alert since you know when when they when this matchup what you know came to fruition for the ALCS both sides I'm sure you know uh, they're not going to fool each other and they'll they'll be on alert and uh We'll see what happens, you know. But it still comes down to throwing the baseball sixty feet six inches and and trying to get it past the guy at the plate. Well, and that's something that
0: that Houston was able to do uh, pretty much up until Saturday in that third inning when the guy got uh, got got pulled out of the dugout. Ever, ever since then, they've 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 had a little more trouble with the uh, the Red Sox. Um, what what have what's your take been on the uh, the American League Championship Series uh, as it's gone so far? Uh, you know, a guy like Alex Bregman who just tortured the Indians, He's he's been hot, but in a different way. He's, you know, walking as much as anybody ha- ever has in the postseason, uh, and, and it's led to some success for Houston. But but now Boston is sort of finding their uh, finding themselves at the plate, uh, you know, finding remembering who they were during a regular season at the plate, and, and things are working out, and they're surviving this uh, sort of circus of a bullpen.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, it's it's it looks like a good series, you know, especially you know Boston winning a game in Houston uh, yesterday, so they're up what two one now, um, you know, and and they won it convincingly, um, you know. So I and now we get to see, uh, uh, man, uh, I'm trying to think who's who's going for uh, Houston t- uh, today. Charlie, uh, Charlie Morton. Charlie Morton, and we haven't seen him. He hasn't pitched since September. He, he you know, the series didn't get. The ALDS, he would have pitched game four, but it didn't get that far. You know, he's got a kind of a questionable shoulder. So, uh, you know, we'll see how that goes. That's going to be, a, you know, a good matchup, I think. That'll be, you know, that's going to, you know, that could be one of those pivotal games of of the series. But I'm just glad to see, uh, you know, the, the Red Sox win a game down there. I thought that was important, and now it's a series. You know, now now you're going you're gonna to get some length and – uh and and you're right. Bregman has played great. What's your read base like? Twenty out of twenty five plate appearances, something crazy like that.
0: It's been ridiculous. Yeah,
1: and he's making great plays in at third base, bare hand plays. He play. He, he looks like a shortstop playing playing uh, the, the hot corners. So you know, he's had a great series, and uh, so will You know, what we'll, I I and you know in the in the NLCS. Uh, you know what? What do you think of Manny Machado's uh, cheap shot with uh, with with Jesus, our guy, Jesus Aguilar?
0: Jeez, I'm I'm shocked. Is <laughs> yeah, uh, that, that's I come to expect that kind of thing. This is Manny Machado. This is a guy who says comes out and admitted earlier this year. He's like, yeah, sometimes I don't run 100 percent down the line on a ground ball. It's like uh, th- these are things you don't say. Well,
1: um, you, I mean, in the, the postseason, you going to say that. Yeah, I that's mean, it. and then and then he clips Aguilar with his, right. with his foot on right. a play at first base. And you know, granted, Aguilar should have probably got off the bag a little farther, but a little faster. But I'm sh- I'm sure that's the last thing he's thinking about that, that this guy's going to try to like kick him in the in the, or step on his ankle or kick him in the ankle. I mean, that was just that was bush league. I, the guy just. He looks like he wants, he looks like he's just, I mean, he's, he's, you know, he's kind of slid into second base a couple times offline, you know, mm-hmm. trying to upset the double play. I mean,
0: and somebody's still going to pay him $28 million a year at the end <laughs> of this year. So what are you, you going to do? It's
1: yeah. It, I, not, mean, it, it, I mean, he's going to get paid, obviously, and he's a good player, obviously. But man, what an attitude. You know, you, you, yeah. you just wonder what's going on in this guy's head. This, this guy is what? two wins away from going to the World Series, and he acts like he wants to, you know, fight every time he comes to the plate.
0: Hey, you know what? <laughs> but, hey, maybe if the Indians had three or four more guys like that, uh, you know, they might be in the ALCS right now instead of rolled over and, you know, back home. Like, who knows? Uh, a little bit more. Show, show a little more fight than than what they did in the first three games.
1: Yeah, but uh, I don't know if that's fight, Joe. Jonah, if, that's, that's you're just, right. That's You're just right. stupidity, you know. That's just that's just. I don't even think he's thinking about his own teammates. I, I just think he's he looks like he's just mad at the world.
0: Right. <laughs> um, who do you you said like like you said the Dodgers are two wins away right now, uh, game four in the ALCS. Who who do you who do you see this shaking out? Uh, you know who's who's going to win in both series?
1: Oh boy, this, that's a great question. I you know I I like the way the, the uh, Boston is playing right now. I think they've got a chance. I'm going to go with them. And I'd love to see Milwaukee win it. I really would. I think that'd be great for that city. Uh, but I think the Dodgers are probably a little more talented, a little more pitching. Um, and uh, so I, I'm probably the Dodgers. But I think it's what? It's got to be six, seven games, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. probably both these series are, might go the distance. That's
0: and and major league baseball is loving it you know that's that that's exactly what they want um let's move on to the the indians postseason uh sort of we we put out the the calendar and the schedule and and what it's going to look like as soon as the world series ends uh they have what i think 12 11 or 12 free agents
1: yeah i think Uh, 11 counting uh if they don't pick up the options on those guys, guy right? And-
0: 11, 11, if they don't uh, count the guys with options, I think it might be 12. If you include a guy like uh, Adam Rosales, who uh, it technically is right. one of their free agents, but I don't think, you know, he, he's, he's stay or go. Um, the, the options you mentioned, uh, Carlos Carrasco was, is, is what nine, nine and a half million. Yeah. Uh, and Brandon Guyer is 3 million. Uh, a chance that they, that they don't pick up an option on either one of those guys?
1: You know, I think – I definitely think they'll pick up Carrasco's option. I mean yeah, – That uh, could be the it,
0: biggest no-brainer in baseball.
1: Yeah, yeah. That's, you know, that's like, uh, you know, Brantley's option last year, although that was a little controversial. And Geyer, you know, um, I'm kind of looking at this like uh, – I looked at Tomlin's option last year. I think they had like a $2 million option on Tomlin. Mm-hmm. They picked it up. Um, I'm thinking, you know, they they are so thin in the outfield right now that they're going to need some protection. You know, they know what Geyer can do if he can stay healthy. You know, I mean, this guy hasn't been healthy for two years. And, you know, I think that's probably the only thing working against them, against him not having his option picked up.
0: Uh, One thing that uh, Francona mentioned in their their exit interview with us uh, last week uh, with the, the subject of Jason Kipnis was brought up, obviously they weren't, they were noncommittal either way about, you know, where he might be playing next year, but he went through a list. He said, you know, we know he can play second base. We know he can play center and he can probably play left field. And that kind of jumped out at me. And that, that, that sort of stood out when they said he could probably play left field. Is Jason Kipnis in left field, an
1: option for the Indians next year? You know, I don't think so, Joe. I really don't think so. I think they're going to try hard to trade Jason this winter. You know, I think they couldn't get it done last year. Now he's only had one year left on his contract. I think uh, they, they will try hard. Uh, but if – I mean, <laughs> I just don't see Jason Kipnis playing as, as an everyday outfielder, no matter where it is, you know. No, I, I I mean – no,
0: I I get that, and 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 left I, field. I think he's
1: got to play second. If he's on the Indians next year, and he's and he's making fourteen, almost fifteen million a year, he's got to play second base. He's got to be your everyday second baseman.
0: Well, in order to make a trade happen, they're going to have to attach a pretty high value prospect to him in, in or, order to get a know,
1: team. Or or fourteen million dollars, or pay half or, of that fourteen yeah, million. Yeah, or million eat, eat, a, eat the contract. You know,
0: I I mean, you you're gonna if you're trading kipness to any other team you're going to have to pay 7 million dollars of that contract and that's you know yeah
1: i mean i don't know if they do that or not i you know the, you know he did have a better second half you know he played okay in the second half and you know if i i mean i know this is crazy I'm, but if 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 i if 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 jose ramirez is going to play second base the way he played after he moved sure. over there in September, I'd rather have Kipnis play second base. I mean, I know Ramirez turns a double play better, but I think Ramirez did not look like a guy that had his heart and soul into playing second base
0: No, but maybe, maybe when you know they start spring training and from day one he's over there and and he he knows what's what to expect. Yeah. I think I, I think right now, Jose Ramirez's defense is. Down the list on things you're worried about with Jose Ramirez.
1: Yeah, I agree. So, I agree.
0: Uh, you know, if 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 Jose Ramirez shows up to spring training and they they put him at second base and say it's yours, stay there and, and work yeah. at it. I think he'll be just fine defensively. Right. I think uh, between the ears and uh, uh, at the plate is is more where you need to get Jose Ramirez trained out. Yeah, I agree with that. I agree with that. So uh, we have the five days after the end of the world series, you have the, the deadline to uh, to pick up those uh, contract options on Carrasco and Geyer. Um, you then have 10, uh, you also have that's the deadline to offer a, um, the qualifying, qualifying, offers, qualifying right? offer to your, your free agents. Uh, any free agents that you can think of that would, that would fall under the, the, the qualifying offer for the Indians. I, I I you gotta think Brantley's gotta be the the only one for me who, who would be a guy who's an obvious choice for a qualifying offer.
1: Yeah, I I think you're right, Joe. I mean what do you got? You've got you've got Brantley, you've got Allen, you've got Miller, Chisenhall, you know, that who who didn't play at all. I mean mm-hmm. uh you know those are kind of the guys that jump out at you, aren't you? I mean the,
0: the qualifying offer is gonna be around
1: eighteen million
0: for one year. Yeah. So if if a guy like if you make a qualifying offer to Michael Brantley at 18 million for one year, and he accepts it, which would be uh, I think kind of crazy, if he accepts it, that really sort of screws you up in terms of your payroll. But you've got Michael Brantley for one year at 18 million dollars. Uh, right. Michael Brantley can probably go out and make a three or four year deal worth in the 70 million dollar range or, or or more. So uh, I don't think. there's a a risk of Brantley accepting that qualifying offer and your return there is that you get a draft pick. So,
1: right. I mean, I mean, you gotta, he's got to sign a deal for over 50 million like Santana. Then you get a draft pick right after the first round. Mm -hmm. So, uh, um, you know, and
0: you know, maybe they roll the dice and and figure that that Miller could sign somewhere for more than 50 million. Yeah. If if that's, that's, that's a strong possibility.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I I, that, I don't know how much. Uh, and I wonder about Miller. I wonder about his value right now. I know he hasn't been healthy for two years. We didn't see him at his best this year. Is he really going to go out and get another three-year deal at nine nine million a year? I I I don't know. I mean, yeah. I somebody would really have to be invested in him to do that. I I just, and that's just me. And I love the guy, uh, but
0: I don't know. Projections have him at about what, 13 million a year next year. And that, that does seem high. So I mean,
1: but who know I mean and,
0: and especially you know, with the way the, the free agent market went last year
1: yeah but the only guys that really made money were were you know we were, were set, <laughs> set up guys and closers last year and and maybe Cody Allen and, and Miller you know that maybe that market is still uh, still you know a bull market for these guys uh,
0: so you know that'll that'll take us to 15 days out from the uh, the the end of the, the World Series we'll have uh, postseason awards uh, the week after that uh following in there uh so and then all that leads up to uh we've got the the end of the month the the non tender date and then non-tender,
1: the then the winter meetings. The winter
0: meetings so and then it
1: starts all over again <laughs> <it's>,
0: uh, <laughs> how far away is what, we're looking at like what February thirteenth somewhere twelve thirteenth in there for probably
1: pitches.
0: that's the only date that uh, I couldn't dig up, I couldn't find, was the the pitcher and catcher report date because I, I think only Baltimore and Milwaukee have, have published theirs. But you're looking around Valentine's yeah season, mid somewhere mid around there. Mid-February,
1: Mid-February, that's February. That's when it usually starts.
0: All right. Well, uh, that'll that'll wrap this one up. Uh, okay, we 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 covered a lot uh, a, a lot of a lot of uh, cheating in baseball. I guess we could we could definitely <laughs> talk for hours on. You know, Albert Bell's cork bat, we could talk about, uh, you know, pine tar, Michael Pineda getting injected from a Yankee game. You know, right. there's, just there, there's so many instances of of fun things, uh, you know, that, that sort of they they become controversial because they attack the quote-unquote integrity of the game, but they're also part of what makes baseball so rich and so – you know, so much fun to follow over the years is, is, you know, who, who doesn't have the image of George Brett, you know, steaming out of the, the, uh, the, the, dugout of Yankee stadium when he gets ejected with the pine tar game.
1: Yeah. The I mean. pine tar. Yeah, definitely. Who, who
0: doesn't, who can't immediately recall that image in their head of, of that video. It, it's just uh, things like that sort of really make the, the rich tapestry of what baseball is, uh, you know, that much more fun, but, not when you're on the other side of a 3-0 no. sweep and, and people are getting accused of taking video of your, your dugout. I'm sure they yeah. feel differently right now.
1: Definitely, Joe. It is. It is. You know, it's, it's whose ox got gored, you know. That's <laughs> uh, that's what it comes down to in, uh, in biblical terms. There you go.
0: All right, uh we will uh, we'll check in again with you next week. Definitely.
1: So, I don't think we've heard the last of it.